Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Layton. Today, I am at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with the man with the headphones who does the play-by-play for ECU football, Jim Zoki. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great to see you in person. Now, Good let's flip to, to all your titles. You can say the rest. Oh, well, I'm doing ECU football today. Uh, this morning, I was doing morning radio in Charlotte at WBT, which is my full-time job, and then uh, Carolina Panthers color, and I'll be in Miami this weekend. So if today's Thursday, it must be Greenville. So, uh, <laughs> so how hard is it to do all of that? It's not hard. It's uh, it's fun. I mean, there's some logistics, obviously. Uh, it is about four hours, you know, from Charlotte to Greenville, so that's for real. Um, but there's, the harder thing is like Saturday, Sunday with the back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. I've had some interesting getting back and forths, and I did have to miss one Panther game as far as traveling out to Seattle to be here, which I was glad because that was the one win. Uh, Beat Gardner (laughs) Webb uh, out here, but there was just no way to be here on Saturday night in Seattle. There was no flights that were going to get me there. Uh, so uh, there are some logistics, but otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy all of it. Right, so. right. So for anybody that doesn't know, I am from Charlotte, so I have also done that drive quite a few times, but you have done it more And you've done the Atlanta drive, which I did. I have done the Atlanta drive. I have never done Greenville <laughs> to Atlanta before, but seven hours, every bit of seven hours from here to Atlanta. I found out after the Marshall game, which also had a one-hour-plus rain delay, and then I got in my car and drove to Atlanta for the Sunday Panther game overnight. So that was an experience. So how'd you get into doing it with the Panthers? We'll start there. I was actually there from before the beginning, if you will, even when they were chasing the expansion franchise. Because I've been at WBT for so long in Charlotte. Uh, we were the original flagship station and we, um, we got the broadcast rights. But even that, I was in Chicago in 1993 when Jerry Richardson was awarded the franchise at an expansion meeting mm-hmm. there. So we did coaches, not coaches, but we did GM show, Bill Polian and Mike McCormick for a year before the team ever played a football game. And so I've just been in since the very beginning on the broadcast. And um, I got to actually help select my broadcast mates because I was a sports director. Oh, so really? first one was Roman Gabriel, former NC State guy. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> NC State guy, but a legend. We love Roman Gabriel. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, he did the first seven years with us and Bill Rosinski, our first play-by-play guy. And we were the original broadcast team. So that's how it began on the air back in 1995. So how did you watch Charlotte kind of take to the franchise? I wasn't even born yet, so I don't know. I love when people say that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I grew up listening to you too. I wasn't even born when you were doing this. Um, (laughs) It was was so much excitement to begin with. I was also there, so I wasn't in town the first year of the Hornets, but I arrived in the second year. So I got to see, um, actually I was, I was there, but I wasn't doing the broadcast. So I got to see what that looked like when the Hornets were the first before like the Bobcats, so before everything. the Hornets, the for the Bobcats, everything. The original <laughs> Hornets of, um, you know, back in the day, Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson, and even for Kelly Trapuca, Muggsy Bogues, Kurt Rambis. I mean, that that was huge. They sold out an NBA game in a twenty thousand seat arena night after night. Like they wow. set a, expansion records for. It doesn't happen anymore. And that doesn't happen. Anymore. <laughs> it doesn't happen with the current Hornets in a much smaller arena. And then the um, with the Panthers when they came in, you know, NFL's so big. Right. And then the second year to reach the NFC championship game. 
it's just a, it's been amazing to watch, and the fans were so excited about that. So that's why when teams are winning, it's so fun, and going to the playoffs is so fun that you kind of get your 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 fan stripes uh, during the off years. You, know, you mm-hmm. kind of you know you're digging those ditches during those years, and as announcers of just you know building towards hopefully getting back to you know what that was because when you've experienced that, you know how fun that can be. Did you watch Charlotte get decided? Were there any other cities that were kind of in the running, or was it kind of we're going to move to Charlotte? As far as the expansion, mm-hmm. no, there were a lot of cities in it. They all kind of went different routes because we came in with Jacksonville. Okay. Um, St. Louis ended up getting the Rams franchise, which is wild now because you know they went from LA to St. Louis. They're back in LA. Right. Uh, the Ravens, Baltimore ended up getting their team from the Browns, of course. So Cleveland came See, out I don't there. Know any of this? You're really throwing me some information. Memphis wanted a team. Um, they still don't have a team, but it ended up being you know Nashville eventually with the old Houston Oilers franchise moving to Nashville. So. Everybody eventually kind of got a team that was in the mix in general, at least in their region. Mm-hmm. And so for the Panthers, it's been great. I mean, it's been a, because you're in between Washington and Atlanta, this, mm-hmm. you know, geographical just nothingness. And now, you know, Charlotte being right in the middle really filled the spot because we had a lot of Washington fans, not a lot of Atlanta fans. It's a baseball town as far as the Braves, right. uh, but not for the Falcons so much. I don't see anyways. So what do you do uh, at your full-time five-day-a-week job. What's a day like that for you? That show starts at five in the morning on WBT. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and believe it or not, my alarm goes off at four and I'm on at five. Oh, wow. And I don't live right by the radio station either, but oh, uh, I've got a routine. So. <laughs> as long as it works. It's 20 minutes to get there. I write most of it the night before um, and then go in. We start at five. And so when I get there, I'll update a few things that happened overnight with these late games, like playoff games and baseball, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we do five till nine, and then we do an extra hour till 10 that I can or cannot be a part of. It depends on what the topic is. They kind of do a talk hour. Um, so I'm actually out of there pretty early as far as either 9.15, 10.15 either way. And then certain days of the week, I have Panther practice and interviews. And Which is in Rock Hill, correct? Is it still in Rock Hill? No, it was, it was going to be. They never built it. Oh, It's really? all at the stadium downtown. Oh, I'm behind. No, yeah. That was <laughs> oh, the plan was to build a big, that was a big to-do. They had a big complex they were going to do in Rock Hill. Didn't happen. Uh, so everything's at the stadium downtown. And um, so, yeah, every week's different with like home and away and travel and all that. Panthers. So it's right by Bank of America then? Yeah. Is that correct? It is, yeah. It is Bank of America. It's right on Moorhead. Oh, you're right. Because ECU um, practiced there before I was here. I don't know why they were practicing in Charlotte, but I ended up Well, they played App State at one point there. They had one of those those early college games. Um, They still do one every year. This year was North Carolina, South Carolina, but I remember App State. Oh, was it the Duke's Mayo? Was it the Mayo Bowl? It no. might have been one of the Duke's Mayo things. They call uh-huh. it that sometimes, but okay. you guys know. <laughs> Somebody knows better than me. <laughs> I've been to too many ECU football games, and I've been to a few Panther games, and I was actually at the one on Christmas Eve 2018. Okay. We were playing the Bucks. Cam Newton, like, jumps over the whole defensive offensive line, gets in the end zone, and we ended up winning. Um, he was, was good at that part. He was. Yeah. He was a big guy. <laughs> He was a big guy, and I think that's kind of what made him so successful most of the time. So that game has really stuck out to me. I also, at one point, I had to have been six years old before I started playing softball, was a junior top cat, and I cheered on the field. (laughs) I was a junior top cat. You were meant to be a Panther fan. (laughs) I was, exactly. I haven't cheered since, but (laughs) I did do that. So I know that that game kind of sticks out to me. I was young, but then the game against Tampa Bay also really sticks out to me. That was also the last Panther game I was at, unfortunately. But is there any game that sticks out to you specifically, or a few? Oh, for the Panthers? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to me, I mean, the biggest 
funnest, most unpredictable game was the double overtime win in St. Louis against the Rams. The year they went to the first Super Bowl, they went to Super Bowl 38. 2003. 2003 season. Very good. So you weren't even like... <laughs> I was four. You, were, so you should have been paying attention to that. Point. But that was when they went to double overtime and Steve Smith had like the walk-off home run from Jake DeLome in that game. That was the last play of the game and they went... I mean, St. Louis Rams at that point were so good. I mean, they were loaded with Hall of Fame players. And um, nobody expected the Panthers to win that game. Right. And then they go on to Philadelphia, win the NFC title game, go to the Super Bowl and play New England and come so close in that Super Bowl. I mean, that game against the Rams, I mean, double, it's only a double overtime game. They don't exist in the regular season. Right. So uh, to go that far, that deep, and to win, being, I mean, double digits, I mean, I'm thinking like probably like a 13 point underdog. Oh, game. wow. That was so unexpected. So that, to me, is always my favorite. And that game went back and forth a million times mm -hmm. the way it was going to play out. Um, getting to go to two Super Bowls was great, but they didn't win either one. So that's, <laughs> I never called that my favorite game. Right. We lost both. Yeah. Um, I remember being 16 when we lost to Denver. in twenty. It was 2015. Mm -hmm. um, that was a real heartbreaker. Um, well, not, and we not were a big favorite in that. We should have won that. We, should, we were the better team. I should have said that. The way it played out now, but going in, I mean, we there were, seven, we were good that 17 year. and 1. Can we say we? 17 and yes. 1 that year heading into the Super Bowl. 15-1 regular season, and blew out the Cardinals in Charlotte for the NFC Championship game. It wasn't even close. And it was the last breaths and legs of Peyton Manning. Yeah. I and mean, they won that game with their defense and kind of everything but Peyton Manning, honestly. Yeah, that's that true. How, what's, like, the environment at those kind of games at Bank of America? Because I know sometimes in seasons it doesn't get as full for mm -hmm. obvious reasons. But when it's an environment like that back in 2015, when we were really good, yeah. what's it like in there? It gets so – from a physical standpoint, like, we're sitting in this booth that's got concrete and all that around it. You could feel certain times where the building was moving. Oh, wow. Like, the booth. And I'm not being overly dramatic. Like, we'd look at each other like – like it's almost like we were in an earthquake. <laughs> it's like you could feel concrete moving and it was it was that loud and that raucous i mean it's just like and you know pep rallies where the streets are filled downtown we'd fly back in after a game uh, we bring our buses back to the stadium and there'd be thousands of people you know lining the parking lot just to welcome the team back you know that kind of thing so it's it's really interesting when marty herney used to be the gm i would interview him every week at practice on wednesdays and we were in a losing streak once i said and marty just looked so down and i understood why but I said, Marty, it's okay. It's like, it's not, you know, like, it's world. not every responsibility of yours that, right. that this happens. And he said, I, I just feel like I let the whole city down, the whole region down when we don't win football games because they know people are invested. Yeah. Um, I never take fans lightly, but it's like these players that do should not because it's like their, their time investment, their money investment, their right. interest and passion investment. I mean, so you do carry a big responsibility, whether it's college or pro or whatever. I mean, you control people's mood right. and they can be really excited on Sunday or Monday or really down and you're a part of it. So it, it shouldn't be your whole life. I'm not saying that, right. but uh, I do understand when people show up and they tailgate all day and they spend money and their whole family's here and they travel. Um, yeah. It's a big responsibility. It's not just a game. It's it's people's livelihoods. Like you said, it's kind of an investment. Yeah. We were talking about, about, about before this, how I just got done driving from Greenville to Charlotte to Atlanta back to Charlotte to Greenville to watch the Braves game. And I mean, you spend money on tickets. I surprised my boyfriend with the tickets. He had no idea. He's been a big Braves fan his whole life. Yeah. And so that was exciting, getting it on video. We get on there and we lose. Um, so that kind of feeling is really disappointing. And I know people do that for the Panthers. They kind of drive, even though, you know, Atlanta has a team, which, mm -hmm. boo, you know, <laughs> I hate the Falcons. <laughs> but they kind of drive all the way down here and then we lose. But it's not like, 
as frustrated as you want to be at the guys, they don't go down there and purposely lose. Of course. And that's something I had to keep telling myself when I used to, I didn't used to punch like holes in the wall, but like I used to get really upset when my team lost and oh, my yeah. dad, sorry dad, used to be really bad about it. He also didn't punch holes in the wall, but it would kind of ruin the rest of the week until we played again, yeah. which I, which I get. And it was especially when we were good and you're like, I cannot wait for the Sunday. We're going to win up the record and then we lose. And it will just right now when the Canes lose, big Carolina Hurricanes girl, that really is disappointing because we're supposed to win. When the Panthers supposed to win the whole one. thing this year, no pressure. We are, I know. <laughs> As are the Braves, right? I know, right. And no pressure, and now right. they're about to get swept. Yeah, but um, with the Panthers, it's kind of like I love being a Panther fan because I think no matter what's going on, I really love social media. I think it's always up. I think Panther fans are, are great because I can kind of tell kind of like this season. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's still a lot of Panther fans. And I refuse – I'm not saying that I'm the best fan and everybody needs to be like me. But look at yeah, – I love three teams. Um, anything ECU, so I guess that counts as one, especially ECU football. Um, Carolina Hurricanes hockey and Panther football. Two out of my three teams are pretty bad. <laughs> but I will not let up on either one of those teams. And I think that's probably how you feel about the Panthers. I mean, you still – you come every day. No, yeah. I mean, well, for me, it's a job. So, and I would say, you know, I've done – this is 29 seasons with them, longer than you've been around. And it's like <laughs> I've lived through 15-1 and one and 1-15. One and, right. and that 1-15 and 15 was 1 and then 15 in a row. In a row. <laughs> and, um, you know, what came out of that, though, was uh, out of that particular season with John Fox and Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. And then the – we had a John Fox's um, – Actually, yeah. And so when John Fox left, it came Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. And that was a 2-14 and 14 season. Uh-huh. So I really liked Ron Rivera, though. I no, yeah. And, and Ron's still that. doing well. But um, And John was a great coach. I mean, they both took this team to a, to a Super Bowl. But you just – I guess the, the thing you have is the hope. I know the Panthers don't have the first-round draft pick next year because of the Bryce Young trade. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the league is built that if you do have an offseason, it helps you in other ways with an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things you can do to get back on track. And teams just generally adjust more. Like, they, we, we know we need this and that to put around Bryce next year, whatever right. it is. So, usually, you know, what you don't want to do is just stay down there. <laughs> right. You like, don't want to no, be that I, team that's just always the top of the draft, always right. the worst team, that kind of thing. Has there ever been a player from the Panthers, I mean, since you've been here from the beginning, that's really stuck out to you, or more than one, that you just, you love? Uh, it's like naming all your favorite children. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> different eras and different ones. I mean, I'll, I'll begin with the most, you know, to me, most honored is Sam Mills. And I used to interview Sam every week after practice. Every Wednesday, I would do a one-on-one interview coming off of practice going with him. And that continues the only time we did this when he became an assistant coach because he was just so good and such an integral part of this organization. So even when he was like the linebackers coach, we did a weekly interview. And Sam was 5'9", so I was actually, believe it or not, I'm only like 5'10 and a half, like a little bit taller than him. And he'd like laugh sometimes. He'd walk up and go, Jim Zoki, the little man with the big boys. I go, dude, I am actually taller than you. <laughs> just barely, but, but I Whatever. Am. I know you could beat me up, but I am slightly taller than you. Um, but he was just such a great guy. And that whole keep pounding thing was so organic. Mm-hmm. And who he was was so real. And he never was anything but than what you imagined Sam Mills to be in real life. Right. Just seeing him when he wasn't on a field or walking around. And his son, for many years, Sam Mills III, was an assistant coach with us. Same kind of guy. Um, and then to get to cover it, same thing, I interviewed Jake DeLone for many years, a oh, uh, weekly yeah. interview, and then now we're doing broadcast together. Oh, so really? Jake is just so funny, and he is, these guys are so passionate. I mean, when you work with like Luke or Jake, and you know, not as players now, as retired players that are broadcasters, they are so into this team. Mm-hmm. Like they are fans that are calling the game. And while they do get upset when the team doesn't win this and that, like they'll come in the next week and it doesn't matter, like, right. oh, and whatever, every week, every week, come in. They're like, we're going to win this week. This is, 
I, I try like to their brain doesn't tick in any other way than trying to figure out how this team can win this week. And we're going to Miami, as I talked to you this week, as like a 14-point underdog or whatever we are. And I promise you, I'm doing this game with Jake. Jake will be like, you know, this is what we got to do to win this game and this and that. Like, they never think going in that right. they're not going to win the game. And I kind of feel that way about Luke Keekley, maybe because, in my opinion, I don't know the guy. I wish I did. <laughs> but I don't know the guy. Um, he kind of had to retire, and I don't feel like it was a choice for him, but yeah. he kind of knew that he could not risk his body. I mean, it was going to be. The concussions. It could or, be bad. You know, and yeah. they didn't have all that information back, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it's smart to know when to walk away with that because it's not as obvious as a knee right. that doesn't work you know being you played sports it's like if you can't run well it's going to impact how you play right. physically everything else body wise good but those shots to the head they I mean, that can be bad. they take a toll you, you know? look at greg olson now i mean he's all over everywhere i mean he's doing like big time now i see him on commercials all the time he like, skipped right over local and regional no he really did he just went right to the super bowl i know and i love greg olson yeah. i i think um the foundation he does with his kids i love it um i did see when i was younger i saw steve smith and target uh, I didn't go up to him. I was too scared because I was young. <laughs> but my favorite Panther jersey, or my first Panther jersey, was D'Angelo Williams. So long, long mm-hmm. time ago. I don't know why he was my favorite player. Don't know why. He's a good player. I think he like wrestles now. Do you know about that? D'Angelo does? Yeah. Rick Hardy did that for a while. I don't know. D'Angelo made too. I really don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Interesting. And he kind of seemed like he, I still have the jersey. It doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> but I still have it. Um, so how did you get to doing ECU now? Well, ECU, of course, you know, unfortunately, you know, Jeff Charles passing away. We're sitting in his broadcast booth. So, I mean, for 30, what, five years or whatever, yeah. Jeff was the voice of this team. So they didn't, you know, there was just, you know, one guy for all these many years. And then they had to do the search. And then, um, you know, I did have a phone interview with them early on. And I'm in Charlotte. And what they wanted was to hire somebody that would work here, be part of the athletic department, do Born social media. Football and basketball, right. yeah, be here 12 months out of the year. And, you know, obviously being in Charlotte, I got, you know, my wife's got a job where she needs to be in Charlotte a lot. She could probably balance a little bit, but it'd be geographically, I'd be flipping it on her. Right, <laughs> right. four hours back and forth. Um, and I'm at WBT, I'm with the Panthers. So my interest was in, like, you know, doing what turns out to be this, doing football play by play. And when they hired the person to do the job and it back, had to back out of it at the last moment, like a month ago. They called me back and said, we got to get football season on the air. Would you be interested in doing what you had talked about? I go, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I, I hope we continue doing it in the future, but we'll see. We kind of said, let's just do it. And at the end, right. we're halfway through. Let's let's all evaluate both sides. Um, and I, as we sit here today, I don't know what they're doing with basketball, so I might may or may not do some basketball. I cannot do all basketball. Again, That's it's, a lot. It's just two, <laughs> two days a week, you know, weekday, weekend. It's just not possible. Um, so I may or may not be doing some basketball. I really don't know as we sit here, but uh, I would like to do as much as I can. I mean, I wish I could be here on Monday and do the coaches show or right. tiebreakers, you know, right. do all that stuff. I wish we could make Greenville, if somebody has a jet, um, I could probably <laughs> do all these things, but it is every bit of four hours to drive back and forth on a good day. So What kind of drew you to, I mean, I think it was kind of like a mutual reach out from both sides, but mm-hmm. what kind of... You saw ECU and you were like, yes, I can, I want to be here. I can do this. This is, you know, it's a beautiful stadium, first of all. So, I mean, there's a commitment to this football team and to the facility. It's a 50,000 seat stadium. Even with the Charlotte 49ers in our town, mm-hmm. I think it seats maybe half of that. Who just joined the conference. Who just joined the conference. Who play here next week. Yeah. <laughs> My game with Charlotte is in Greenville because that would be too easy. That would be next year. <laughs> right. Next year will be in Charlotte. And I think they are going to expand their stadium to like 30,000 or so. But, um, I mean, this is a big time facility. It's turned out NFL players. 
Um, and so even though I haven't been here till now, I mean, I knew all about ECU. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I've had kids that went to NC State, uh, went to uh, NC State. <laughs> we'll forgive you. Um, went to UNC Charlotte, honestly. Um, and it's just kind of, my wife went to Chapel Hill, so we've been all over these different colleges. Um, but this one, I mean, it's just like, this is a football school. It reminds me um, of App State in that way, yeah. where it's very football heavy. Not that they don't care the other. good teams. Because you have great baseball, yeah. you know, great programs here in other sports. But as far as like, maybe statewide, regional perception. I mean, I still think of it as a big football school. I do too. And they've been so good the last couple of years, obviously, too. Um, but for me, I just, uh, as a for what I do for a living, as a broadcaster, um, play-by-play, I just love doing play-by-play. And with the Panthers, I was doing preseason play-by-play until McMixon retired, and then I changed things up a little bit with Anish coming in. So I like doing play-by-play. Uh, and this is an opportunity to get to do 12 games of play-by-play, hopefully 13. Um, and then, um, so yeah, just, just see a little bit of all that because if I'm going to travel this far, I want it to be a big experience. And we begin at number two, Michigan in Ann Arbor. Yeah. I mean, it's about as big of a venue as you can get to. So it's, yeah. it's, it's big time stuff here. It's, it's a, it, the conference keeps changing, but I mean, it's good competition. I mean, you look at the teams we're playing, they're good. Yeah. This is week after week. I mean, there are no slouches in this conference. No. Yeah. And it kind of came out of nowhere because when I was here, it was still UCF, USF, whoever it was. And it kind of felt small. And now I'm like, there are so many teams in this conference, mm-hmm. you know, and some, I, I don't want to be, you know, ignorant, but kind of like North Texas, I was like, if you show me their logo, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know much about And that is not a day get North Texas. They just never. Well, Texas, San Antonio, and with right. good team. UTSA. Playing the Dome down there. It's like, there's right. just some really good teams. So. They just don't cross your mind. Or like UTEP, you're just like. And they're probably down there saying the same thing about ECU. Right, right, right. <laughs> we would show them their logo and they'd be like, ah. I don't know. I know there was a video that um, it was either UTSA or UTEP posted, and they had shown the East Carolina logo, and they didn't know who it was. And I took offense to that, but I wouldn't have known theirs either. So you know. But makes you feel any better? I think it's either Jimmy Kimmel or somebody's done like where they show like, like the Panthers logo, like professional football and stuff like that, and they find so many people on the street who have no idea what teams they are. Really? Oh yeah. I saw the Obviously talking to non-sports fans. But oh okay. I was gonna say <laughs> I saw the, the Tennessee people. Titans did one, and that was funny. I think ECU, um, I know the record's not what they want, but I feel like they're getting better every week. And I feel like, you know, they definitely have good running backs and a good running game. And I feel like the passing game is just, uh, it's like, I feel like there's drops, and then sometimes the quarterback makes a bad throw, and sometimes the block is wrong. So it's not one thing. It's right. the passing game. But when it hits, it's like a lot of these opening drives, like I, think, I still think back to that first drive at App State. Bam, 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 10 plays, mix of pass and run. I mean, it's there. It just has to happen more consistently. I do think the defense has really done their job for the most part. They've given up some some big plays here and there, but they're getting takeaways now. Um, they're limiting the penalties. So I do feel like ECU, they started with a rough schedule with all the changes on the roster. I think things are probably going to settle in now. They, they get on a run here and get some wins now, especially coming off that bye week. I think gave them a chance to do a little reset. Yeah. And I think moving forward, I think that the best days are ahead now. Mm-hmm. Panthers, um, I think they got to get to this bye week. Yeah, they got Miami, they have the bye week. And then they'll get back Austin Corbett, they'll get back J.C. Horn, they'll get back Xavier Woods. I think they have good talent, they just don't have the depth, and they need the guys. And next year, maybe they'll add more depth to what they have. Like, do you feel like it's kind of a rebuilding season? That's what I keep saying. It's funny, that word was brought up this week to Frank Reich on Wednesday, and he really stammered around it, he dropped the re out. He goes, I don't believe in rebuilding, I believe we're always building. Ah, okay. <laughs> always building, okay. which sounds similar to rebuilding, but it's not a rebuild. Right. Uh, so I think it's not a, a true rebuild, but look at it, it's a whole new staff, it's a rookie quarterback, 
Um, and all the pieces that came in in free agency are new. So they're not young necessarily, but Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen, Shark, all these guys came in from other teams. So it's not a rebuild, I get that. It's kind of a retooling, um, but there is a, a building process that's going on, put it that way there. And I think, again, they're gonna get some wins too. That, People talk about O oh, for the season. I don't, this team's too talented, honestly. Thanks. And Bryce is also, I think a lot like ECU, Bryce is getting better every week. Yeah. I think too much is put on him. I think if I had to name a disappointment that the offensive line collectively, even with the injuries, should have been better because they were such a strength last year. Mm -hmm. So I think once the offensive line gets Corbett back, plays the way they should, that's going to help him. That's going to help the running game. And so I think both of my teams are going to be doing a lot better moving forward this fall. I'm going to have to agree, but we will see. <laughs> we will see. I'm going uh, to agree there. But thank you so much for joining me today. It was fun. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys next week.